a deep want for everyone to just be happy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's maybe selfish, but but when people are in pain, it, it worries me, and it's tiring to worry. It would be yeah. a lot better not to worry. <laughs> and so it's it's a way of making life better for more people. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's not it's not a happy pill, but it could, I think our environments have so much um, to do with how we feel on everyday basis you know when the sun's out how much happier don't we feel Mm. compared to a rainy day you know Mm. so our environments obviously have a lot to say welcome to stories for the future a podcast on a mission to get you excited and optimistic about the future, filled with challenges, but also so full of opportunities. My name is Veselmer Klavnes Berge, and I'm trying to figure out how we can all live good lives, have exciting jobs, and at the same time, take good care of the planet and everyone living here. I want to unlock the superpowers of everyday people so that together we can co-create a future we're all excited about. With almost 8 billion superheroes on this planet, there's no way we couldn't make it. So let's start. It's game on. So you heard the intro and... What a fantastic reason to work, to want people around you to be happy. And what a great way to start this season, which is all about how we can have more impact through our careers. My very first guest this season is an expert in an area I think is quite unfamiliar for most of us. At least it was for me. The area is biophilic design. And my guest is Johanna Winter. Johanna is an interior designer who, as she says herself, went down the rabbit hole of biophilic design when she discovered it. And I totally understand why, because this is a really fascinating topic. It has so much to do with our everyday lives and our overall well-being. And we should absolutely listen to Johanna when she shares about how we can make our surroundings and the places that we spend time so much better by using some quite simple principles. But the thing is that we have completely forgot about them in our modern lives. So pay attention to this and I'm sure you will get some ideas to how you can make your surroundings and your indoors, especially indoors perhaps, but also other areas, better in so many ways, whether it's at home, at your office, or anywhere else. So here is also my first live, like physical uh, interview I had in a very long time. And please enjoy my conversation with Johanna Winter. Hello and welcome, Johanna, to, as the first guest in season four on Stories for Thank the Future. <laughs> and finally, we have been talking about this for so long, so I'm really yeah. happy that we finally get to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, with Corona and everything. Yes, yeah. everything happened all the time. So once again, I'm finding a guest almost literally in my backyard Uh, we live in the same city Mm -hmm. and we are connected uh, through a startup 
environment and also we have been in touch in different settings. I know your your husband, yes. <laughs> for instance. Uh, and um, another entrepreneur, yeah. Yes, he is. And and we could actually talk a little bit about that as yeah. well because yeah. when I picture the two of you, I see you with kind of uh, green leaves and strawberries around you. <laughs> That's like, like the picture I have I in my head. That's an actual photo somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. So first. To get to know you a little bit better, yeah. who are you? Like the basics. Okay, basics. So um, uh, we're not married, but I'm living with another uh, entrepreneur, Nicolas, and we have two little girls, five and three, soon three. And um, yeah, so that's we live in Tensbeck. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Uh, and uh, you are uh, by like your education is within inter interior architecture oh, is that right originally yeah because the, well interior design i've always loved interior design ever since i was little um and when i was 19 i was very determined i moved to bergen to study interior architecture but as a lot of schools do they they somehow they make something really interesting and creative and they they turn it into something boring so <laughs> it just got a little too technical for me because i wanted to to you know be creative and and uh, and so I, after a year, I dropped out, and I started working at uh, elementary school after school program, and I fell in love with the job working with kids. I was good at it; it was fun, and yeah, I was a teacher in the Norwegian school system for ten years. But um, I always wanted to do something more creative, and also, um, well, yeah. And then COVID happened, and so I had to make a shift. And also I was pregnant and I was working with a lot of, of um, kids, challenging kids, mm -hmm. which got physically sort of dangerous when okay. I was uh, pregnant because they were like kicking and yeah. hitting. And, yeah. and so I had to, to find something else to do. And, uh, and also it was hard getting a job through COVID because, because of lockdown. And so I wanted to go back to interior design. And so I, I studied that. And w w as I was studying, I, 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 I'm into passive houses, you know, the, mm. yeah, the, the, the generate their own energy and yeah. you can live off grid basically. And so while I was Googling some passive house stuff, I, I came across uh, biophilic design and I just went down this rabbit hole. I was just super fascinated. So, yeah. Yeah. And that we will talk a lot more about, but I just, uh, I started thinking about because, uh, both your your uh, your partner mm -hmm. uh, and I think also you mentioned sometimes that your your father or yep. some of the reason that you went into and got interested in passive houses and that direction. So mm -hmm. what I'm looking for is um, because your partner is also very much into into plants and green yeah. green stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is this something that you feel that you have from your your background, your Definitely. childhood. Yes, yeah. we have both our both his dad, my man's dad, and my dad. They were good friends. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. From from my dad came to Norway when he was twenty three, I think. And that's uh, his dad was my dad's first friend when he came to Norway. Okay, and they're both. Yeah. You know, they were very hippie types. Yeah, and uh, independent thinkers. They still are, or my my dad is still my my. Um, father-in-law is dead and they they always had this you know they tried to build their own own um, um, the windmuller 
windmill. Yeah. To, to generate energy. Uh, it didn't work very well, but they were into it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, always, uh, um, my parents-in-law always grew their own vegetables and had chickens and, and, and did it all organically, unlike a lot of people through the 80s. And yeah. Yeah. And so we always had uh, independent thinkers as parents. Yes. So obviously we... Yeah. You're quite independent <laughs> thinkers yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Great. So this rabbit hole that you mentioned, yes. biophilic design. Yeah. I think that uh, I said in the previous episode, I think that you haven't heard so much about this before. And I think that most of my listeners haven't. So you mm -hmm. have to like go from the... From scratch, yeah. what is biophilic design? Well, the very basic uh, biophilia means uh, love of life. Bio is life and philia is love of. And uh, um, it, biophilic design is a, is a direction within architecture and interior design that aims to connect us to nature because we have sort of removed ourselves from nature living in concrete and plaster and painting everything gray, mm. <laughs> wondering why we're getting depressed. Yeah. And and um, so it aims to bring nature back into into the space because we have we are um, in many ways limited to buildings and rooms because we have our jobs and we have, uh, especially in Norway, it's cold outside for most of the year. You know, we have to be inside, but we can take mm -hmm. nature inside with us in many different ways. And uh, because... We now spend 90% of our time indoors between work and home, which is basically our whole lives. Mm. And, uh, and, but where we are the happiest, uh, physiologically, uh, healthiest and happiest is in natural environments. Yes. And, um, you know, in natural environments, our, our, our blood, blood pressure goes down. Um, it produces, uh, the um, production of stress hormones and we just we feel more focused more creative it's just generally better for us mm. and this also goes for um, um natural uh, nature inside doesn't have to be outside although obviously that's the best but if you can't be where it's best then at least make it you know next best mm. yeah And, and this is science, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, is, yeah. It's science based, yeah. and that's what I like about it too, because it's it's sort of um, um, tangible. Yeah, tangible. Exactly. Yeah. It's not it's not woo woo. No. It's very concrete. It's very yeah. yeah. And and uh, could you uh, like I, I saw you pitch pitch your your ideas on your your company yeah. some months ago and it just like I was so uh, fascinated because you had some examples there about how you can how you can design your a room and the way you're just the way you're sitting the the green like the colors and could mm -hmm. you just give some examples of about how how this works and absolutely yeah um Okay, so just to put it in that perspective, in in the ninety nine percent of of human history, we have um, adapted to the the habitat that we've been living in outside, outdoors in nature, and so uh, it's it's a fairly fairly short uh, period of time we've been living indoors as we do now, and so our instincts from nature is still very much alive within us. For example, when we enter a room, we scan the room without knowing. We scan the room mm. for green because green means uh, plant life, which means there can be food and shelter, which means survival. 
And so mm-hmm. green makes us more calm and comfortable. And also uh, um, view, if you have a, of a, a like a long distance view mm-hmm. over a significant area, it makes us feel more calm because then we have um, an overview. Yeah. You know, we can sort of spot the tiger. Yeah, exactly. Spot <laughs> the tiger, spot danger and then plan for action. Yeah. And so we feel more, you know, relaxed and in control over the environment. And um uh, and we sleep there's been a um a study on h- how we sleep better in in um, uh, what do you call it human saying four pole beds yes or... with a like the like a ceiling over the bed i can't really yeah you know like in the olden days we yeah. have the, the curtains and the poles and the mm. around the beds we sleep better in these because we feel more protected you know from not as uh, exposed to danger and so we sleep better so there's a hotel I can't remember which, but there's a hotel chain in the United States who have, um, yeah, only that kind of yeah, beds. <laughs> yeah, in every room in all uh, of their hotels to make sure their guests sleep better. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you know it comes back to the the very basic. You in the uh, evening and night we would find a cave or you know under a rock or under, mm. you know where it's safe, and so it doesn't mean necessarily like these days we have we tend to. Uh, sort of knock out walls and uh, high ceilings and you only make open spaces, mm. which is good in some areas of the house where you spend daytime, for example, where you want the, the, the good view and such. But in the evening, you don't want to sit in front of the television, in front of huge windows, feeling like someone's outside watching you, you know? No. There's going to be a, a sort of, uh, you're going to feel uncomfortable, mm. maybe not very um, aware of it, but you're going to feel sort of, yeah. So in the evening, you you maybe want to have a space where you feel more sheltered, where you can't be viewed from outside Mm. or, you know, where the the ceiling is lower and you feel just more protected. It's more like a cave. So what do you, I I just redecorated my my office at home, which is a bedroom that I'm using for an office. Yeah. But but I I used to have my, my desk facing the door mm-hmm. because I heard yeah. that that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But then I started doing some, some video recording and I learned that the best light you get is from, from the window. So mm-hmm. now I have turned my my desk to face the window and now I have my back against the door. Yeah. So I can't yeah, really... Yeah, I can't win. <laughs> yeah, I can't win. So, and, and I... Actually, I don't like to have my back against the door. No. I feel a bit, I yeah. am like looking behind my shoulder. Yeah. So that's that's kind of this natural instinct. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of this, because many people ask me if it's like Feng Shui, and it, it's, it's not like Feng Shui, but it has a lot of similarities. And mm. I think they just understood this early on. It's a, because it's instinct. It's very basic. Uh, it's not woo-woo. No. No, and I like that yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, so, how would you how would you think uh, we're getting more to the more the um, like public spaces mm-hmm. uh, later? But how would you think um, think about this in your own home? How could you start thinking more about biophilic design in your own home and just incorporate some? Well, a very effective and easy way is plants. Obviously, yeah. plants, but not like two or three potted plants like go big with the plants (laughs) and you don't have to keep it in pots you can have uh, like outside we have raised beds and you can do that inside as well 
have raised yeah. beds and you can make it sort of a, a half wall in your living room, separating two spaces, just with mm. plants instead of a wall or, you yes. know. And uh, green walls are very, you know, up and coming. Mm. And hanging plants and trees, even trees. So like, we should have more trees inside. Yes. Make sure they survive. So you, maybe you need some, some lighting, plant lights. But... Uh, but yeah. Do you have a lot of this in your house? I, ha I have a lot of plants, but I, I think um, wood is probably what you, you'll see the most of in my home. Okay. Wood. Wood has um, it, it to anyone, anywhere in the world is going to feel familiar to you when you see wood, no matter how mm -hmm. strange everything else feels. Mm. Wood, it will be very familiar and authentic and make you feel comfortable and, and safe. Uh, and, um, and they also did a study on them, was in an um, open office space mm -hmm. where they changed all of their desks with the, with the wooden desks. It was probably, you know, like this... Uh, um, artificial. Artificial um, surfaces, and yeah. they switched them with, with wood. And um, all of the employees were calmer more focused and they were less aggressive and irritated ah. that was like the biggest thing they were calmer interesting yeah wow so yes and that is a very good uh segue it's called i think <laughs> into the public spaces yes. so how do you think like i'm i'm thinking about my nothing wrong about my my children's school it's it's a very nice school but looking at the classrooms mm -hmm. and the the spaces that the kids yeah. spend a lot of time yeah. that's hmm. not very biophilic designy i would not at all it's so and it's so strange that they paint these classrooms white when i was younger yeah. they would at least have color you know like color on the curtains color on the walls yes. and we would have drawings and all this making us creative for some reason now everything is white or gray or yeah. it's just super sad and it's not making first of all it's not making a comfortable and safe environment for the kids you know mm -hmm. and it, it, it can all already be for many kids it can be already a little feel unsafe or mm -hmm. or you, you know you never know what kind of relationships they have in the classroom and mm. uh, all of this at least they can make a physical space that feels good because yeah. it's not that hard and um and yeah and if plants in and of themselves make us feel more comfortable and they also help us focus more and um and uh, help us be more creative, which are all, all assets we use in the classroom. Mm. And that would be quite easy to yeah. to just uh, put in some plants, maybe yeah. paint the walls in Definitely. some color, yeah. <laughs> have some curtains. Yeah. yeah. And there also, there's also a concept within biophilic design that's biomorphic patterns, where mm -hmm. you, you, you have a pattern that's uh, repetitive, but it's not um, 100% geometrically correct if you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. it's like you will sort of expect a, a certain pattern but it will still have a little different shapes it will not be a hundred percent what you expect and so it sort of ah. entice you it's it's triggers your creativity perhaps yeah, or something? You, you, you're sort of probably trying to figure it out and make sense of it and yeah. so you get sort of um, not hypnotized hypnotized but it's uh Sort of meditative, I guess. Ah. And you can have this in the classroom, you know, when the kids are zoning out, or you know, mm. they, that they have this, like a mental break. Because mm. you're going to need mental breaks when you're forced to sit eight hours yes. on a chair. Yes. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah. And again, wood, you know, use actual wood for desks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, um, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, I could talk about this forever. Yes. There's and many things you can do, like different levels on the floor, not keep everything just on yeah. one floor, different levels, you know, make it a little more interesting, trigger their curiosity and, and uh, need for exploration, like putting up half walls. And you can, you don't need to have an open space where 20 desks are just uh, pointed in the same direction. You can, mm. yeah, make it more interesting. So do you see any changes when they're when they're building new schools today? Do they think about these things or do you have just tons of work to do now? <laughs> in, in my opinion, the architects building, designing the schools do not speak to the teachers who are in the classroom, which is ridiculous. They, mm. should, they should talk to the kids. They should talk to the teachers who are in the classroom and what they how they teach how they spend their day how they want to spend their day and how they want to be teaching and and but they don't and they make these class boxes which is ridiculous because kids get distracted whenever someone's walking by and it's yeah. uh, and it, like we were talking about it's sterile and, yes. and un uncozy yeah it, it should feel more like home it should be more creative more interesting mm. it should be trigger more curiosity because kids are they are like born to be curious they are born to learn but we sort of strip it away mm. i can i can see that you're passionate about this yes, because i've been working in the school <laughs> yes and this is something I, I i always i always brought plants into my classrooms yeah. oh nice <laughs> This was before I knew about biophilic design, but it's always been like an uh, instinctive thing for me. Plants and uh, and candles. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I was started thinking maybe I could do something as a parent, just like kind of smuggle in some, some green plants. Yeah, in yeah. The yeah big gift. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the schools, uh, that's one thing, but other institutions as well, yeah. right? Hospitals. And old people um, yeah. uh, who live in institutions because a lot of them I've seen, um, I've worked in one of those as well. Um, and they, some of them are too... Uh, their mind has wandered mm. you no know, long ago and they can't necessarily do certain activities anymore and they can't necessarily read anymore or or knit or whatever so and so they are just left in these wide corridors you know very unstimulating very must be very confusing because mm. nothing natural mm. about that but if you had then more green rooms you know more mm. like um um like greenhouses but in indoors you know yeah uh, with running water and green plants and woods and stuff that's familiar to them by instinct. Mm. I think that would be, yeah, and color, just yes. color and daylight. <laughs> it's it's very strange, actually, why it has uh, become that way, that everything is supposed to be white and I think that the they, they it's, I'm not sure who they are, but <laughs> they figured it was sort of... Um, clean and and unnoisy if you know what i mean yeah. and uh yeah so it was supposed to be like serene i think yes but it's white which is ironically ironic because white is is the opposite white is the color that that um cr craves the most not craves um white is the color that that, that takes the most energy from us mm-hmm because it's the it's the presence of every color, yeah, 
And so it's very <clears throat> intense on the eye and it makes us uh, uh, tired faster and mm. it, it triggers my migraine faster than any other color. So it's very strange that we paint everything white. Yes, it is. And uh, I see that you have work to do. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so you have started your own company. Yes. Yes. Tell us about that. Um, well, I, uh, I, when I was studying interior design, I, well, actually before that, my, when my man started his business, mm. I was with him, uh, alongside and helped him out a lot. And I saw that it's very doable to start your own thing. I always figured it was like, you know, like been big men with ties on mm. that, that did the entrepreneur stuff, Yes, but it's very doable. Mm. And I, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's doable. And so when I started uh, um, studying interior design and got into biophilic design, I also realized uh, where I live geographically, it's there, there aren't a lot of bigger businesses with interior designers. You're going to have mm. to start your own. And also I wanted to do biophilic design. But if I worked for another company whose concept was something else, then I could probably not... I, I couldn't use your skills. Yeah, in I that. couldn't use this, not not as much as I wanted to. No, and because I saw my man start his own, it was very. I, I've never been good with the nine to five work. No, so <laughs> it just seemed very natural to me, and especially when I when I got into this place here at the this startup um, community here, mm-hmm. it just sort of fell into place. Yes. Yeah. And it's very, it's interesting to hear because as you said, I I had the same notion that everything around entrepreneurship until I kind of opened that door Mm -hmm. and saw that that is all kinds of people (laughs) and uh, it is actually doable and not, not easy as you say, but Mm. it's, uh, Mm. it's doable. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. So if, if uh, somebody now, uh, because my, as I told you before, this season four is very much focused on what we can actually do as individuals by through our careers and through the work that we choose to do every day because we spend so much time at work. So if somebody listening now, it could be a person in their 50s or it could be a young person starting their career Mm -hmm. and thinking that, oh, biophilic design, that's interesting. Where do you start? Google, <laughs> because there's not, it's not, uh, it's established as a concept. I think it was the uh, biologist in the 80s who started this. Um, but it's not established as a study or a field uh, in schools yet. Mm. And so I think you just have to find your rabbit hole online. Yeah. yeah. And there's there are actually... a lot of books too, as long as you know that, that the, um, what it's called, biophilic design, yeah. you can find a lot of, yeah. And that act, that's actually uh, opens up for a lot of opportunities, I would say, because yeah. it's a, such a not very much explored yeah, area exactly. still. And that's what I'm hoping is sort of my my um, advantage as well, mm-hmm. that it's, it's, first of all, very niche and it's not so many people doing it. And it's about freaking time. Someone yes. did it. <laughs> yes, I very much agree. Yeah. Yeah. And so back to your, you starting your own company. Um, oh, wait, you, oh, hold on. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's um, in Norway. Uh, in Norway, not a lot of people do it. No one I know. But I mean, in, in the United States and Australia, Netherlands, you know, other 
a little it's more bigger. progressive countries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are, they they're already very much into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. But um, back to you starting your own company, mm-hmm. uh, being your own boss, having two small, quite small children mm-hmm. and a very busy <laughs> life, I remember yeah. from back then. Yeah. Um, there are, of course, both uh, downsides and highlights in mm-hmm. the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Uh, so what have you seen to be the biggest challenges? Time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No surprise. Time. <laughs> so the good thing is you can dispose your own time how you want more or less. Like we can have late mornings every morning. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to get up at five or six to and 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 rush. You know, mm-hmm. we we can have our cup of coffee and the kids can eat their breakfast. They don't have to bring it to kindergarten and all this, which is good. But you're always still uh, on the clock when you have kids because you do have to get them to kindergarten and you have to pick them up back up from kindergarten. And in between you, you have a million things to do yeah. and so many hats to wear as mm. an entrepreneur. It's not just I'm not just designing. I'm also, you know, figuring out business and and the economy in, in this and uh, or finances and um Uh, marketing mm. and uh, website website you know graphics graphic design i have mm. to figure out now i'm carpenting because i did you know i don't have a carpenter for my projects so i have to do it myself oh, yeah. and so there's always so many hats to wear mm. and the designing is a fairly small part <laughs> yeah. at this point and um And, uh, you know, you want to be present with the kids. They're, mm. they're little and you don't want to miss it. And you don't want to be constantly distracted because you always have stuff on your... You can't go home mm. from where you're never home from work. Mm. You're constantly at work. Your head is spinning constantly. Mm. And so you have to, like, very consciously put it away and and try to be present with your kids. Yeah. Which can be challenging. But I feel like both Nicholas and I are very... Um, conscious of it yes i think you are i have noticed that you're you're good at like putting away not not replying to emails uh late at night or things like that yeah that's a very good thing yeah i think it's important already from the get-go that you sort of yes establish boundaries absolutely yeah but uh, when things are really tough what is it that drives you like what do you have like this oh i absolutely have to make do this Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm passionately, um, interested in this. I, I feel like it's such a basic thing that we're not enough aware of. Um, mm. for, and I also have this, I have this, uh, need or instinct or want. I have a, a deep want for everyone to just be happy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, Maybe it's selfish, but but when people are in pain, it, it worries me, and it's tiring to worry. It would be yeah. a lot better not to worry. And so it's it's a way of making life better for more people. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's not it's not a happy pill, but it could, I think our environments have so much um, to do with how we feel on everyday basis. You know, when the sun's out, how much happier don't we feel mm-hmm. compared to a rainy day? You know, mm-hmm. so our environments obviously have a lot to say. This is something I can communicate, even though I can't design for everyone. I can communicate and maybe reach as many people as I can with just the the 
inspiration and the knowledge of it. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and the perspective, just the perspective of it. Yeah. I think uh, those are really good reasons <laughs> to, <laughs> to keep going. So yeah, ho- hopefully it will. And, and the whole uh, entrepreneur thing as well. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a feeling the mastery of creating mm. something and, and uh, caring yourself. I'm also very sort of independent minded. Like I would love mm. to live off grid. Not because of uh, fuck society or anything. Like I would live in the middle of the city. I, I wouldn't mind. But it's just this feeling of independency. Like mm. I will be okay mm. because I can take care of myself. Mm. I even I even <laughs> have started washing my hair with egg. <laughs> with egg? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. and it worked really it well. Looks it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it started with this very basic. This digital um, It started with uh, um, my my scalp was uh, feeling sore after my yeah. second child, and nothing helped. Like I tried a lot of different things, and nothing helped. And I was trying to find sort of a natural remedy. And uh, I figured out you can use egg to wash your, ha- wash your hair. Wow. And it's so uh, nutritious and good for your hair. And it's um, yeah, good for the planet. I mean. What, how do you do that? <laughs> you just, just whisk an egg and just rub it in your hair. <laughs> and the whole egg, like with a, with a yellow and a white and All everything? It, yeah. Well, not the shell, but yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you have to remember to rinse it in cold water, so you know. Yes, yeah, so you know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I picture. That happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, the point was just that uh, that is another, you know, like independence, independent yes. thing, you know, in case of uh, uh, Armageddon, you know. As long as I have chickens, I have clean hair. <laughs> I don't need to go to the store. Oh, that's a very good thing. <laughs> I will. I will try uh, try that. Yeah. I was actually running out of shampoo this morning, so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have eggs. <laughs> Great. Uh, so we're up, uh, we're uh, approaching the end. Uh, so my final questions. Um, it's about the future. It's still about mm-hmm. the future. Yeah. Because this is stories for the future, and it's really hard to predict the future. But ideally, for yourself and your own company, looking ahead three mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. what what does it look like? Well, I've started, uh, I've, I've teamed up with another interior designer. She's really, really good with color and lighting. Um, and we have started several projects together. And uh, it's about reaching out hmm. further than we are now. You know, if we work with one or three clients at a time, we can only, you know, reach one mm. or three clients at a time. But if we can get more digital about what we do and how we do and this, then we can reach more people. And so I hope that in three years' time, we will have established uh, a digital platform. I'm not sure how that looks yet, but uh, that can be inspiring and and uh, um, educational and encouraging mm-hmm. for people to, to um make good spaces not just pretty spaces but good yeah. spaces yeah so so in that way also like your impact on your surroundings uh hopefully i really personally hope that you you will get into the Thank schools you. yeah yeah and i that, that's one of my that's one of my goals actually institutions the, the yeah. thing is it's hard it's a hard place to um, start as a entrepreneur because they don't give you money you know it's from the the the, the state or the mm, government yeah and they don't throw money at you no they don't so um i'll, I'll have to make like a, a 
project of some that can mm. be yeah i have to find money to do something yeah. like that but yeah. that would be that would be a, a passion project of mine especially schools yes yeah. yes i'm glad to hear that so if someone would like to get in touch now after listening to this episode yeah. what's the best way to contact you uh best way would be email uh, mail at johannavinterstudio.com uh, my website is johannavinterstudio.com that's the name of your company right yeah it's just yeah. my name and, and studio. studio yeah 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 so I, will... I think and uh, and I'm on Instagram as well yeah yeah uh, and uh, you also uh, are uh, about to publish a podcast. Yes, this is one of the projects with my uh, my interior colleague. We're starting a podcast called uh, Vadirum or Lasting Rooms mm-hmm. for a more um, sustainable, not just uh, well environmentally sustainable, but also more sustainable for us as people. You know that we mm-hmm. don't have to change our rooms every season, yes. but create good homes where we thrive and want to live in, you know, for, you know, the, the, and that's, you know, it's, it's a um, um, continuous process. Like we're not mm. running to Ikea and buying everything and getting it all set up and done. You know, it's a, uh, it's uh, our homes live with us and it changes with us uh, with the, the phases and seasons we are in, mm. but not to follow the trends, no. to follow our lives. Exactly. Yeah. Sounds very good. Thank you so much. This has been great. Uh, and <laughs> and I'm wishing you all the best of luck with your company and all the projects. And I will put all the details in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. Thank you. Fun being here. Well, I got inspired, that's for sure both to put more green plants inside and to maybe paint some more walls, not leaving everything white. And maybe I will even try to wash my hair with eggs. That sounds like a very interesting experiment. But really, isn't it interesting to hear about areas of work which isn't that common yet, but that we can absolutely see a need for? I think that is very fascinating and it also gives me a lot of hope. All the links you would need to contact Johanna I will put in the show notes and if you want to learn more about this topic, Google is your friend. One more thing before you go. I am at the moment working on a program for people who want to make a shift in their careers, which will bring both more joy and give them the opportunity to have more impact. It is based on my own hard-earned experience and it is what I wish I had myself when I went through a career transition a few years ago. If you want to get to get a peek into what I'm working on, you can go to storiesforthefuture.no/guide and download my step-by-step approach. I really hope you can find some value there and I promise there's more to come. Thank you so much for listening today and I will be back very soon. Stories for the Future is made and edited by me, Vestlemöj Klavnesberge. 
You will find all links and information for this episode and everything else related to this podcast on storiesforthefuture.no. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you would like to show your support and make it easier for other people to find this podcast, I would be really grateful if you would leave a review. You can also follow me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn at Stories for the Future. Until next time, go out and make a dent in the world. There's work to be done and impact to be made. And we can actually have a lot of fun along the way.